0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.Muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we will be reading from verse number 41 of Surah Al Ankabut, which is the 29th Surah of the Quran, page number 535 of the noble Quran that we are using. (سؤال) بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم مثل
1: الذين اتخذوا من دون الله أولياء كمثل العنكبوت اتخذت بيتا وإن أوهن البيوت لبيت العنكبوت لو كانوا يعلمون إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ مِن شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ وَمَا يَعْقِلُهَا إِلَّا الْعَالِمُونَ خَلَقَ اللَّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ بِالْحَقِّ إن في ذلك لآية للمؤمنين أتلو ما أُوحى إليك من الكتاب وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولذكر الله أكبر وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تَصْنَعُونَ وَلَا تُجَادِلُوا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ إِلَّا بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنٌ Illa the ظلموا منهم the Lord, we ask you to forgive us. We ask you wa forgive us. We وكذلك انزلنا اليك الكتاب فالذين اتيناهم الكتاب يؤمنون به ومن هاؤلاء من يؤمن به وما يجحد باياتنا الا الكافرون وما كون أَن تَتْلُو مِن قَبْلِي مِن كِتَابٍ وَلَا تَخُطُّهُ بِيَمِينِكَ إِذًا لَّارْتَابَ الْمُبْطِلُونَ بَلْ هُوَ آيَاتٌ بَيِّنَاتٌ فِي صُدُورِ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ وَمَا يَجْحَدُ بِآيَاتِنَا إِلَّا الظَّالِمُونَ وَقَالُوا لَوْلَا أُنزِلَ عَلَيْهِ آيَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِ قُلْ إِنَّمَا الْآيَاتُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَإِنَّمَا أَنَا نَذِيرٌ مُّبِينٌ أَوَلَمْ يَكْفِهِمْ أَنَّا أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ يُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَرَحْمَةً وَذِكْرَى لِقَوْمٍ يُؤْمِنُونَ قُلْ كَفَى بِاللَّهِ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَكُمْ شَهِيدًا يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْبَاطِلِ وَكَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ وَيَسْتَعْجِلُونَكَ بِالْعَذَابِ وَلَوْ أَجَلٌ مُسَمَّا لَجَاءَهُمُ الْعَذَابِ وَيَقُولُ ذُوقُوا مَا كُنتُم تَعْمَلُونَ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنَّ أَرْضِي وَاسِعَةٌ فَإِيَّايَ فَاعْبُدُونَ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ ثُمَّ إِلَيْنَا
0: تُرُجَعُونَ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد My dearest sisters, last week we saw how Allah سبحانه وتعالى says that every single Nation, He sent punishment to them when they deserved it because they belied the messengers and they did not obey the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They turned away, they transgressed, they sinned, they followed their whims and fancies, and they earned the wrath and the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he makes mention of the names of the big chiefs who were against the messengers. So yes, the nations were destroyed. But the names made mention are the names of the big guns, those who were the top brass, those who were followed. And from this we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroys the elite. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroys those who followed the elite as well. This is why if you go back and you look at verse number 39, you will find some of the names. Even verse number 38, Allah says, and وَثَمُودًا Allah makes mention of the nations, Ad and Thamud. And in the next verse he says, He's making mention of three of the chiefs, the elite, at the time of Musa alayhi salatu wa salam And then he says, in verse number forty, Fakullan bi Every single one of them, we punish them because of their sins, their deeds. So they deserved the punishment. Allah never ever punishes someone else for the deeds of another person. He does not do that. And the Quran says it clearly: <laughs> No soul uh, burdens or shoulders the burdens of another. No one shall shoulder the burden of another. We have spoken about this in Surah Al-Ankabut earlier on, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the the disbelievers will carry deeds of theirs as well as other deeds. And we said that when a person sets a bad example or leads people astray, he gets the sin for those whom he has led astray. It's part of his own sin. And when a person guides someone else, they get a reward for the people they have guided. And this is why my brother or my sister in Islam, anyone Allah has used you to guide, wallahi you will receive the full reward of whatever goodness they do as a result of your speech or your statement or whatever signs that you have sent to them or whatever you have actually encouraged them with. This is why remember, treat people with lots of encouragement. Never discourage someone. People might turn away from the deen because of you. If that is the case, you may just be doomed. But if people are encouraged towards the deen because of you, subhanallah, how many ever are guided or whatever good deeds they start to do because of whatever you have said or done or the encouragement you have put forward, inshallah, you will receive the full reward. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, regarding the people who call out to gods besides Allah, and not only that, those who take as protectors and helpers Others besides Allah. The term used by Allah here is awliya. Very interesting that this term is to be used because today people worship others whom they call the awliya. They say, no, these awliya will guarantee us a place in Jannah. Wallahi, we may believe that someone is a pious person, but we don't know whether they themselves are going to go to paradise. There is no guarantee. The Prophet sallallahu tells his own family, Ya Aisha, O oh, oh Aisha, O oh Fatima, O oh my daughter, oh, oh so-and-so, Oh so-and-so, I'mali fa-inni la-amliku anki shay'an. You better do your own deeds because I do not own anything against Allah from you. I do not own, I cannot help you against the punishment of Allah in any way. You'd better do your deeds. Even though Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was definitely... Uh, a person who was the best of creation without doubt and at the same time uh, he is guaranteed the first rank in paradise subhanallah but still he told his people look you'd better do your own deeds because yes he owns the intercession of the day of judgment but it will all happen through the will and permission of Allah and the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, intercession will only happen within the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we've been taught that whoever Allah does not allow the intercession of, they will not be permitted the intercession. So this is why we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the intercession of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. At the same time, we we need to do deeds so that at least we become deserving of that particular intercession. And we become deserving of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about This by saying, the likeness of those who take false deities as protectors or helpers other than Allah is the likeness of a spider who builds for itself a house. Allahu Akbar. Did you hear that? Powerful verse, powerful example. So when a spider builds itself a house, that house is powerful according to the spider. But it is nothing. It is the weakest of houses according to the rest of creation. And in reality, it's the weakest of houses. Yet the spider thinks it's powerful. So Allah says, you want to worship the awliya. You want to take uh, pious people as gods besides Allah, we can word it that way, or you want to take others besides Allah as helpers and protectors, you want to achieve protection from others besides Allah, Allah says, well, it is similar to a spider that has sought protection by building its house. Yet its house is just a web. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Verily, the frailest or the weakest of houses is the spider's house if they but knew. Subhanallah. What this means is, as I explained, a spider thinks that it is protected, but we can trample over the spider and its house all at once. So Allah is saying, you know how powerful Allah is? If you want to seek protection from others besides Allah, if you want to take awliya besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what will happen? Allah says, you have protected yourself with something that you think is so strong, yet it is Just like a spider being protected by a web, it is so useless, it is so worthless, anything and everything can trample over it and destroy it and whatever it contains in a split moment. So your best bet, turn away from those besides Allah and go to Allah alone. Subhanallah. Look at the power of this example. And look at how the term awliya is used, yet today we have people who use the same term to, to seek protection from those besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes we seek uh, help from those who are in their graves. Allah safeguard us, meaning some people do that. May Allah protect us. Some people seek protection from those who are living, living. And they are saints living in another country. And people you know, hang up their photographs, keep their photos in their wallets. And every time they, they want something, they look at the photograph and say, Please give me this and please give me that. Wallahi, it happens in this society and community. And people hang up the pictures in their lounges and yards. And whenever they enter, they first greet that particular photograph. And thereafter, uh, they actually push off. May Allah protect us. They think that these people protect. No, they don't. It's Allah who protects now one might ask what about if we seek the means say for example you have a house and you want to employ a guard the answer is that is just a physical means in front of your eyes you are putting a person knowing that the ultimate protector is Allah you still say tawakkalna ala Allah you can never ever say i lay my full trust in this guard that is standing because a lot of the guards when you see them at night you say have a good night you know or sleep well he'll say thank you very much you know because that means he's been sleeping Allahu Akbar People don't even realize, you know. If you say, how was your evening? Did you sleep well? He say, ah, yes. But nowadays if they sharp, they'll probably tell you, no, 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 I was awake. May Allah safeguard us. Wallahi, we can never ever lay our full trust in anyone or anything besides Allah. Ultimately, Allah is the one. And Allah is the one, He protects. This is just a means. So many people have locked their houses with the most sophisticated alarm systems and so many guards and still they've been robbed. That's Allah's plan to show you that Allah is in control. And so many people have not been able to actually uh, put so much in terms of physical protection, but they lay their trust in Allah, they've done whatever is within their means, and Allah says, okay, we've protected the home, because they lay their trust in Allah. Same applies to protecting yourself from the devil, from shaitan, from the effect of the jinn, from the evil that is going on around in societies and communities. My mothers and sisters, there is so much evil that is going on that it is very very difficult, subhanallah, extremely difficult to live in society and community that has so much adversity. And that is almost globally we are facing these problems. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard our offspring. One wonders if we are facing so much in terms of challenges in our times, what will happen at the times of our own children? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that and he says, the example of those who have taken, besides Allah, protectors or awliya is like the example of a spider that has taken a house or built its own home, and definitely this web that the spider has built is the weakest of all homes. Law <laughs> if only but they know. Allah min min shay. Verily Allah knows what things they invoke instead of him. He is the Almighty, the All Wise. Allah knows what you are calling out to, besides Allah. You are not allowed to call out to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. People say, Ya Nabi. People say Al-Madad, people say Al-Ghawth, and so on. That Al-Madad is only from Allah. That help is solely from Allah. You cannot call out to the dead. You cannot call out to those who are messengers of the past. Subhanallah, you cannot call out to a messenger. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. You cannot call out to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Yes, when he is alive, when he was here with us, the Sahaba (radiyallahu anhum) were instructed to go to him to seek his dua. So that we can do. If you go to someone and say brother please make dua for me, sister remember me in your dua, that is fine. That is fine. But the minute you say O oh, Messenger grant me this and O oh, Messenger grant me that, that is absolutely disallowed. We say, O oh Allah, grant me this, and O oh Allah, grant me that. O oh Allah, grant me the intercession of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is the proper way of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should not risk our entire existence in this dunya and fail the test. Allahu Akbar. The test is whether you are going to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. You'd rather stay well protected and do that and that alone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So Allah says, وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ nadribuha لِلنَّاسِ and these examples we put forward for mankind. But no one will understand them except for those who have knowledge of Allah and His signs. So who will take heed from these type of examples? Only those with knowledge. Those with understanding. مَا يَعَقِلُهَا إِلَّا الْعَالِمُونَ those who have the true understanding, they will understand exactly what we are saying here. Some people might think, What's Allah giving an example of here of the spider web and so on? So subhanAllah. That is why Allah says Allah is the Almighty, All-Wise. He is the one who sends forth these examples. And He is the one who has given these type of examples to mankind. And none will understand them besides those with knowledge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us knowledge. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, al-Samawati wal bil Who created the skies and the earth? Allah says, samawati wal-Ardah." arda. It is Allah, indeed, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has created the heavens and the earth with truth. Allah alone, and none shared Him in their creation. Nobody helped Him, nobody assisted Allah in creating the earth and the heavens and whatever lies in between them. The entire creation. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Inna fi Ayatan, lil Indeed, in that there is a sign for those who believe. Those who believe in the unseen, they will believe in that. And then Allah says, "Utluma uhi, O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, recite that which has been revealed to you." Recite that which has been revealed to you of the book, of the Qur'an. Read it. is salah And establish your prayer. Recite that which has been revealed to you and establish your prayer. Allah says, recite that which has been revealed to you and establish the prayer. Why? For indeed, prayer will prevent you from evil and immorality. Prayer prevents from evil and immorality. Subhanallah. If you take a careful look at this verse, it's asking you to do two things. My mothers and sisters, read the Quran and establish your salah. Two things. And what will happen? It will protect you from immorality and evil. Subhanahu wa taala. My mothers and sisters, what a powerful verse from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amazing. Are you prepared to read the Qur'an, try to understand it, see what Allah says in it? Are you prepared to set aside time of the day to understand the Qur'an, to understand the message of Allah? When we say read, we talk of reading with understanding. So if you don't understand the Arabic language, you have a double duty. And that is, to learn the Arabic language, to recite it, and on top of that to go through the meanings of the verses of the Qur'an. So this is the power of the Qur'an. It will be understood through two things. One is the recitation and two is the understanding thereof. And this is why even those who speak the Arabic language, they will have to make an effort to understand the deeper meanings of the Qur'an, to go through how the Sahaba radiAllahu Anhum understood the same Qur'an. It's important to look at that because they lived revelation. They know best how and what the verses had meant and how exactly they had affected them and the reasons of revelation and so on. So it's important for us to make a time to try and learn the word of Allah. This is why for the last... Uh, 12 years we have this session here every Sunday, once a week. And if we cannot make time even once a week, then one wonders, when is it that we have made time for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to understand His word? And Allah says, if you try and understand the word, and you establish your salah thereafter, that salah will definitely be a means of protection from immorality and evil. So a salah that is read without understanding Without any form of you know con- concentration, without knowing what you're saying it may not help you to the level that it is supposed to help you yes you might fulfill your farad your duty might be done in terms of uh, what was obligatory upon you but you are supposed to be achieving much more from that salah my dear mother and sister you are supposed to be achieving a lot that you will only be able to achieve when you begin to understand the verses of the Quran that you are reading in salah and you begin to understand what is it that you are uttering in your salah so when you say alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen arrahmanir raheem maliki yawmiddin and your concentration is now on what it means, you will find yourself much more elevated spiritually than a person who is just paying lip service to that prayer. May Allah protect us. This is why Allah says two things in this verse. ma <todic language> uhiya read that which we have revealed to you from the book or of the book, waakim is salah, and establish your prayer. Iqamatis <todic> Salah <language> means to establish, meaning make sure you do it properly. Ikamatis <todic> salah <language> would include your wudu. It would include your niyyah, your intention. It would include the proper time. It would include the proper way of reading the salah. It would include trying to understand the meaning of that salah. And it would also include the timings and the repetition of the salah as we are supposed to be reading that particular salah five times a day, every single day. That is just the bare minimum. So this is why Allah says, establish your salah. Establishing salah would include also slowly getting into that which is voluntary, that which is absolutely at your discretion, not only the farad. My dearest mothers and sisters, sometimes we are weak, we don't even read what is obligatory upon us. And then we want to uh, make a big deal of it, yet we are supposed to be getting to that which is voluntary as well. How are you going to be able to read your sunnah and nafil salah when you haven't even established your farad? So let's get there, my dearest mothers and sisters. Then Allah says, definitely that salah will protect you from evil and immorality. This is Allah's declaration. When you have wudu, you are protected from the devil. When you are protected from the devil, you will want to look forth to fulfilling your salah. When you fulfill that salah, you will be worried about the next salah. When you are worried about the next salah, you won't sin between the two salahs, subhanallah. Because as soon as you've read your asur, for example, you're waiting for maghrib. As Soon as you've read your maghrib, you're waiting for isha. As Soon as you've read your isha, mashallah, you might want to go and sleep and you're worried about getting up early so that you can have a glimpse of tahajjud, inshaallah. And you can read your fajr salah as soon as the time sets in, clocks in. And when you read that salah, it is so beautiful a feeling that you will not feel like sinning thereafter if you've done it for the sake of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, person who establishes salah will not be able to sin for the, for because they know they've done the salah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will want to protect it. But when we just pay lip service, when we're lazy, we just get up and we're getting things done just for the sake of doing it, that's if we're lucky, may Allah protect us. In that particular case, we may not be able to achieve such protection that Allah has promised. <coughs> and this is only one aspect that I've discussed. But spiritually, my mothers and sisters, when your home is protected, Because Salah is read in the home, the hadith actually says that Salah is alive, that home is alive, it is livened. And unlike the Salah, the home where no Salah is read is like a grave, it's like a dead home. Now, in graves, what happens? You know, you get troubled, and you have the devils, and you have the spirits coming to trouble, and you have so many things. Wallahi, the home wherein salah is established properly, and the adhan is called for salah, the shaitan stays very very far away from that house. You must remember that. The house in which Qur'an is recited aloud, Shaitan stays far away from that house. The house in which salah is established. This is why the Prophet ﷺ used to read his farad in the masjid and immediately thereafter he used to go back into his home and he used to read his sunnah and nafil in the home. Subhanallah. And this is why he says, liven up your homes by reading salah in your houses. Don't let them be graves. لا تجعلوا بيوتكم قبورا Don't let your houses be like graves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May He make us establish our salah in our own homes. You want to protect yourself from the devil. There is a lot going around these days with all these uh, demon worshippers claiming to be religious and false prophets claiming to be, uh, you know, of, of a spiritual nature. People visiting witch doctors and spirit mediums and so on in order to try and resolve their matters and problems with all that happening and all the types of magic and all uh, various uh, casting of spells that is occurring today across the globe. Wallahi, we need to safeguard ourselves. Today I was reading a little article prepared by one of the ulama who was speaking about Valentine's Day and saying that, did you know that devil worshipping is mainly connected to three colors. If you take a look at the Freemasons, or you take a look at uh, any other Satanistic cults, they use the color red, and then black and white. So red, black, and white, those colors are devil-worshipping colors. And if you take a look at the history of Valentine's Day, it is taken from the demon-worshipping, the devilish cults, and the Satan-worshipping, and they encourage us to wear these three colors on that day. So it's red or black and white, and mainly red and black, and then they would include white as well. These are contrasting colors that are used simultaneously in order to engage in devil worship. So if you were to Google this or if you were to look for it and see what type of colors are used when it comes to Freemasonry and when it comes to devil worship and so on, you'll get a jolt and a shock. We go out to purchase those colors to chuff up the chick, Allahu Akbar. Wallahi, this is what happens. We go out to purchase these colors in order to don that so that we can be seen as a love bug. Allahu Akbar. Love bug of who? Of the devil. Allahu Akbar. Imagine, uh, imagine a little fist pop. We call them fist pops. But those suckers. Imagine a little sucker that is opened and all the little flies are sitting on it and you're waiting in order to lick it. That's exactly the type of dress code that you would be donning on the 14th of Feb. Astaghfirullah. We'd rather involve in the world hijab day which was set at 1st of February. I don't even think half of us would have known about it because we probably don't even follow. And it was such a success according to what we were told that it, it raised world attention. People who are non-Muslim entered the fold of Islam just because they were invited to wear the hijab in order to feel what what it's like. And sisters who haven't done the hijab as muslimin decided from this day we're going to wear it completely. World hijab day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless those who came up with the idea. As I always say, some people might not see the light in some things, but sometimes we will only be able to see light after we see results. And when we see people being guided towards the conscientization of this particular item that brings people to Islam, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us true Muslims. So why don't we choose that day and say, Ya Allah, Uh, Instead of turning and becoming a love bug Of a little guy who's going to let us down And break our marriages Do you know how many marriages are broken On the 14th of February? Let me tell you People who don't get flowers from their spouses Marriages are broken Why? How come you didn't bring me flowers? It's the 14th It means you don't love me Yeah, Allahu Akbar Wallahi, you know that squeaky voice Already (laughs) gives it away Then what's the problem? Husband brings the flowers Where did you get these from? So now what do you do? Either way, it's a devil-worshipping satanic cult. Would you like to be a part of it, my dearest mothers and sisters? No, it is prohibited in the sharia. And don't come up with that nonsense that this is only a day to promote love. Because in Islam, love is promoted 24-7 every single day. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. And do not try and attract those around, because you will be just like a sucker with all those flies sitting on it before you actually put it in your mouth. Would you do that? The answer is no. (laughs) I'd opt for your getter. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. My mothers and sisters, it's about time we woke up and we understood. You want to achieve protection from immorality and evil? The only way is firstly by reciting the Quran in order to understand it and establishing the salah with an idea of understanding what you're saying in your prayer. My dearest mothers and sisters, it's about time we don the hijab. Because immorality, Allahu Akbar, immorality has a starting point. And the starting point is nudity when you uncover what you're supposed to be covered today i read a beautiful tweet by one of the sisters do you know what she said amazing words to the effect that dear muslimah men it is their duty to lower their gaze it is the responsibility of men to lower their gaze but it is your responsibility to cover and not to give them whatever they, you know they are supposed to be gazing upon. In fact, it's worded much better than I've said it. But it's actually reminding the women that yes, don't just say that men have to lower their gaze. You have a duty not to give them things to gaze at. Allahu Akbar. You have you have a duty not to give them things to gaze at. They will only gaze at you when you've given them something to gaze at. That is really you know like that sucker I'm speaking about with all the flies sitting on it. Imagine bacteria all over. Allahu Akbar. May Allah safeguard us. Then you still want to go forth, and you still want to do whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's anger lies in. Why should we do that? Can we not, for example, show our love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and say, Ya Allah, the world is showing love uh, to to other creatures. I want to show love to my Creator. So let me now don in the correct way. Do you know that when we try to help uh, brothers or sisters who have been affected or possessed in a specific way, when we try to help them by, uh, you know, uh, perhaps exorcism, or protecting them from this demon, if if the sister does not dress appropriately, it makes the job 100 times more difficult. If the house has portraits hung in it whether it's photographs or whether any other portraits it makes the job 100 times more difficult if that particular house there are people who watch pornography in it or listen to music in it it makes the job 100 times more difficult but when there is a home where the sister is dressed appropriately there is no sin that is happening there dirty magazines and so on and music is not listened to in that home and the quran is being played and for example there are no portraits that are hung around and so on wallahi it becomes so Easy to protect or to help that person by the exorcism or protecting them from the demon and so on. Sometimes you'll read Quran so much and you will find there is no effect or impact because your home is full of dirty magazines, you watch pornography, you sit and watch movies up to late at night and then you say, I can hear a sound in my room. Yes, you wanted to hear the sounds of the demons on that particular television throughout half the night. Well, they're going to come to bed with you as well. Allahu akbar. X-Files. May Allah protect us. May Allah safeguard us. Wallahi, my mothers and sisters, you might ask me, how do you know about X-Files? Because people have told us, we see this when in our dreams, you know, so you have to ask, well, what is it? And they tell you, yeah, it's it's, it's so interesting because, you know, it's all about these little skeletons and people who come alive after they're dead and, you know, it's really interesting. Well, thereafter, if that's the case, you need to know, you are heavily in the clutch of Hollywood. Hollywood has clutched you and your Quran has declutched you. Why? Because you're not interested in what Allah says. You're not interested in something beneficial in terms of your deen and you want to be protected. Allah says, what will protect you is your salah. Establish it. Try and understand the words of your salah. The other day, Wednesday evening in the masjid, I made mention of a point I always say, My mothers and sisters, how old are you? Answer your question in your mind. How many years have you been reading salah for? Answer that question in your mind. And you still don't know what it means? You still don't know the meanings of the surahs that you are reading in Salah? Allahu Akbar. What an insult. 30 years, 40 years down the line. If I ask your children to sing along Bollywood uh, you know, songs or Hollywood songs and so on, they'd probably sing along. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. My mothers and sisters, something very, very powerful. We need to think about it. And we really need to wake ourselves up. Allahu Akbar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Thereafter, He says, O Muhammad sallam read what is revealed to you of the book and fulfill your salah, establish your salah, for verily salah or the prayer prevents people from immorality and evil. And here it is translated as great sins of every kind, unlawful sexual behavior, al-munkar, which means disbelief, polytheism, and every kind of evil, wicked deed, it will protect you from that, munkar. Also includes polytheism and all forms of shirk. If you read your salah correctly, Allahu Akbar. Then Allah says, and the remembering or praising of you by Allah in front of the angels is greater indeed than your remembering of Allah in prayer. Allah knows what you do. Do you know what that means? When you read salah, Allah mentions you to the angels. You remember Allah, Allah remembers you. فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ Remember me, I will remember you. So if you want to invoke Allah's remembrance of you, you need to remember Allah firstly. When you read salah, Allah mentions you. So this verse is saying, لَذِكْرُ akbar." When Allah speaks about you, it is far more blessed than when you are mentioning Him. Imagine Allah mentioning you, far more important. Like I told you, I gave you an example, I think it was last week or earlier, when I said, my mothers and sisters, something to think of. If you know a celebrity of the world, it's no big deal. You can talk about them and say how well you know them. But the day they make mention of you, you feel so proud. Wow, actually, this person mentioned me, you know, and you're there with your collars making like you the big deal. That... (laughs) That the people of the dunya are very fast to understand. The example of Allah is always higher. We don't even want to talk about the celebrities of the dunya because they mean nil. Only those who call us towards the remembrance of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, when you establish your salah, you need to remember it will protect you from evil and immorality, but it will invoke. The mercy of Allah and the fact that Allah will remember you and Allah's remembrance of you is far higher, far greater. Wallahu ya'lamu matasnaun, and Allah knows exactly what you are doing. Allahu akbar. So every time you read salah now, you must remember Allah is mentioning your name to the angels. Allahu akbar. So imagine what happens when you miss your salah. Imagine what happens when you miss your salah. You are forcing the angels to write. Something against you, to bear witness against you. Imagine, you have a court case and you need witnesses to to witness for you, now you're suddenly giving people reason to witness against you. How? Foolish would you be? The same applies. When we don't read our salah, we are giving the angels ammo against ourselves. The angels who are ready to write our good deeds. And now suddenly we have angels writing our bad deeds. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, illa hiya ahsan. When you discuss with the people of the scriptures, when you have your debates with the people of the scriptures, the Jews or the Christians, when you are debating with them or discussing with them or arguing with them, the term argue is used here, and what is referred to is when you are discussing, uh, inviting them to the religion or uh, debating, for example, then do so, do not do so except. With goodness in a good way, unless it is in a way that is better. Use the best methods to debate with them or to bring forth the good to them with good words in a good manner, inviting them to Islamic monotheism with his verses, with the verses of Allah. Al Ahsan is to use the verses of Allah in order to prove your point, you must say it properly. Now, what I have to say is if we are being taught to address the people of the book with good words when it comes to discussing the deen and the religion. What about addressing the people who already utter the shahada? We should be using even better words. Today we have groups of people who prefer to use the dirtiest of words when calling Muslims to Islam. Because there are two things, call Muslims towards the obedience of Allah and and starting to adopt Islam and calling non-Muslims. So Allah is saying, when you are calling the non-Muslims, be careful, use good words. So I think it is even more befitting that we use better words when we are calling those who are already Muslim towards the submission uh, unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something very important. It's a powerful verse. Illa ladina Allah says, except for those as do wrong. And they say, they say, for example, Allah is saying, except for those from amongst them who do wrong. And they say, we believe in that which has been revealed to us and revealed to you. Our ilah and your ilah is one, and to him we have submitted as muslimin. So this exception does not mean that those people you speak rough to them, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, you do not debate with those who are the people of the book, except with goodness, with the Qur'an. ladina Except those who have oppressed from amongst them. And it stops there. Now the term, Amanna unzila Allah is instructing, saying, and this is what you should say. You should say that, We believe in what Allah has revealed to you and what Allah has revealed to us. This is the type of debate Allah is saying you should have. You should speak on commonalities, that which has been revealed to you and that which has been revealed to us. And we believe in one Allah. Your revelation promotes the oneness of Allah and so does ours. And your revelation is not different from ours. The only thing is you have changed it over time. And then we can go on to prove how it has been changed. Because within the own scriptures that they are following, there are already so many versions. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here uh, is making mention of how important it is to address those uh, with good. Terms Except those who are clear-cut oppressors, you might want to address them uh, with a few words that might be uh, holding some directness in it. They may feel slightly offended sometimes because they may have offended you in a big way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, you should always call them to that which is good. Uh, Tell them that what has been revealed to you and what has been revealed to us is acceptable to us on condition that it is the pristine revelation, not contaminated revelation uh, that you may be holding in your hands right now. So Allah says, and thus we have sent down the book, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thus we have sent down the book, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to you. فَالَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ Those whom we have given the scriptures to have believed in it. They have believed in it. And from amongst these, the present people, there are those who have believed in it. So the people of the book believed in the book when we revealed the book, and from amongst those around you who claim to be followers of the people of, of the book, they are those who have followed this book as well, such as Abdullah ibn Salam. They have followed the book. None can deny the verses of Allah besides a disbeliever. Now I want to stop there for a moment, and inshallah I need to address a very important matter. When Allah says, Wamaya jahadu bi ayatina, illla al-kafirun, he says. And none would deny the verses of your Lord besides or our verses besides the disbelievers. It also means that from amongst us, if any one of us is going to deny the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we would be considered disbelievers. When Allah reveals verses, you need to surrender to them to be considered a Muslim. A Muslim is one who surrenders. The minute you have rejected one verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, illa It is a sign of disbelief. That's it. So if a person has, has believed in 99% of the verses of Allah and rejects 1%, they cannot call themselves submitters. They are not submitters. You need to submit. If you submit, it means, I believe in the word of Allah. It is correct. If I may not have understood it, I will struggle and strive until I understand. And even if I don't understand, I, may, I will submit because it comes from Allah. For as long as I know the source, like Ibrahim salam, He did not understand some of the instructions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sacrifice your son, I don't understand. Leave those things that, uh, leave your family in this desert and carry on, I don't understand. But he said, for as long as I know it came from Allah, I'm submitting without questioning, this is what made him the favourite of Allah, one of the favourites of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is a very important aspect, a very important point, where Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says Those whom we have given the book to believed in that book. And from amongst these who are around you, they've also believed in the book, such as Abdullah ibn Salam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, bi ayatina illa al kafirun None but the disbelievers reject our ayat, our proofs, our signs, our lessons. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us safety. And Allah says, kunta tatlu min min kitab. They accused Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of having read the previous scriptures and come up with something similar. So Allah says, but neither did you read any book before this Qur'an, you were not able to read any book, nor were you able to write whatsoever with your right hand. If that was the case, then the followers of falsehood might have doubted. But how can they doubt when you could neither read nor write? This verse is explaining one of the reasons why Allah kept Muhammad s.a.w. and Ummi. Ummi meaning a person who could neither read or write. So Allah kept him that so that people would not say he read the books of the old and he wrote it with his hand. Allah says, you were unable to read and you are unable to write. If you were able to read or write, maybe they could have doubted. How can they doubt when you are not able to do any of those two? SubhanAllah. This is a powerful verse. Allah is comforting Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah says, ayat un bayyinat." nay, but they the the clear signs, the clear ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are preserved in the hearts of those or in the chests or breasts of those who have been given the knowledge amongst the people of the scriptures. They know that these are the clear signs. But only the zhalimun, the wrongdoers, only the oppressors are the ones who, who deny the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The polytheists and the wrongdoers, those who do not turn to Allah, they are the oppressors. So Allah says, they know the verses They recognize the verses, but they will only deny it if they are oppressors, if they are disbelievers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who accept his verses at all times. The time is up. My mothers and sisters, next week by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will continue. And until then, we say, let us conscientize the rest of the people regarding this issue of Valentine's Day. And let us remember, we stay away from those colors on those particular days because we are not part of a satanic cult, nor do we worship the devil, nor do we want the devil to come and uh, affect us and tamper with us and take control of us. So, we, If we do not know the history of something, we should not just start debating and saying, no, it's only just a day, let us do this, let us do that. And remember, you know, don't expect flowers from people and little cards and so on, and don't give it to others That is a means of worshipping the devil against Allah. Rather raise your hands for Allah every day and say, Ya Allah, grant us mahabbah and true love in our homes grant us true love ya Allah within our spouses, in our families ya Allah, Uh, you know, bless us with spouses who will be the coolness of our eyes let our children love us and let our uh, our, let us love our children and on top of everything, you love us ya Allah, the only way you will achieve the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by worshipping Allah the way He wants to be worshipped and by understanding He alone we worship and He alone we seek help from until we meet again, we say wa Sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad Subhanallah wa bihamdihi Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta Nastaghfiruka wa natubu <repeat> ilayki